0: daily inspiration podcast on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. And with us right now, we've got Nick Caesar. And Nick, you're the founder of NWC Digital, and we're going to be talking crowdfunding. Uh, and if there's anyone we were to have this conversation with uh, that would be pretty exciting to learn from, it would be you because you've been involved in some pretty successful crowdfunding campaigns. Thank you so much for joining us
1: yeah thanks so much Josh for having me excited to be here today
0: so uh Nick, you have an interesting background on how you got into business um you do have an m b a but I understand that you you kind of picked up a lot of uh what you do today from your dad
1: yeah definitely so you know growing up uh in an entrepreneurial household, you know my dad started over about sixty or more companies uh his biggest one being a company called Teespring, which is a platform for customizable merchandise that actually started when I was in high school um, with a couple of kids from Brown University um, in Rhode Island is where I'm from. And, um, you know, essentially they kind of brought this idea from a napkin idea to VCs, um, being in the Y Combinator and now, you know, having partnerships with YouTube. So being able to really in high school, you know, get started with uh, one, being able to see on the entrepreneurship side, how to start a, you know, really huge business, but also How to do digital marketing, Um, and so essentially throughout high school and college was selling T-shirts online through Teespring, um, you know, and essentially kind of getting my licks, if you will, um, you know, back in 2011, 2012, when you know Facebook was a lot different than it is today, but a lot of the principles are the same, and yeah, that's kind of where I was able to you know get my start really in this whole you know digital digital marketing space.
0: Yeah, for sure. And so um, when you started working with Teespring. Uh, Was it that you came in and your dad made it really, really easy for you and uh, just gave you some cushy corner office job?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I, I think, you know, kind of when that, <laughs> right, that's always the biggest thing. And I, I think that, you know, uh, biggest thing with him and just being super successful is super fortunate, super grateful, but he's always been one to, um, you know, make you, you know, earn, uh, you know, your mm-hmm. keeps and more so really just teach you, you know, how to be successful and how to be able to do that. So really I'd say, you know, kind of that was where my start was and obviously being able to look up to him and learn from him with Teespring and all that. Um, and, you know, really kind of how I got into the crowdfunding space, was those you know, kind of taking that. And then after I graduated college, I moved out to San Diego, which is where I live at today. And actually met up uh, with, with guys at an agency called Launch Boom, which is mm. like the premier crowdfunding agency in the world. Um, and so had an amazing opportunity to meet their team, a uh, bunch of great guys actually live here in San Diego. So we're still really close <laughs> and, uh, you know, essentially learn this whole process and system behind product launch um, and how to be successful. So had an opportunity to work there for about a year and a half, you know, had some success And really had, you know, I always wanted to start my own company and uh, did that just about a year and a half ago, um, you know, with starting NWC Digital. And, you know, essentially now, you know, here we are today where, you know, essentially we help entrepreneurs and enterprises launch new products on Kickstarter, Indiegogo, uh, as well as Shopify
0: yeah um, so one of the things obviously that that you want to do before you invest too much effort and time and resources money and everything else uh is validate. Would you mind kind of maybe taking us through uh, the normal life cycle of a successful campaign uh doing a crowdfund
1: yeah. For sure. So, you know, when it comes to, I'd say product launch, a lot of times people ask Nick, you know, what is, what is it that makes a successful product launch? And I think that, you know, there's a lot of different elements obviously that go into it, but I think on the most, you know, rudimentary fundamental level is really being able to build the pre-campaign community. Um, and like you kind of mm-hmm. saying before, validate. So I think, you know, before any product launch, and this could be for Kickstarter, Indiegogo, and any listeners out there who just have any idea, you know, of any product that you want to launch. I think that, you know, when it comes down to it, it's like, you know, you think you could have a good idea and maybe your friends think you have a good idea. Um, your family thinks you have a great idea, but until you really test it to the market, you know, you don't really know if you have a great idea or not. And so you know, like you were talking, it you know, in terms of that validation by being able to build a pre-campaign community before you launch. Um, probably most importantly, one is that you're able to validate that there's actual purchase intent from the product before you make that investment of more time, effort, energy, capital, etc. Right? Um, a couple other benefits I'd say to really you know building a pre-campaign community before you launch any product is, like I said the validation. Second is being able to leverage that community once you actually do launch, so that you know if you're on platforms like Kickstarter, Indiegogo you can take that social proof of you know say a, a you know community of 10 to 20,000 people that you're remarketing to once you launch you can really use them to help you know, reach your fund and go really quickly and then be able to have social proof in your advertisement, and your marketing campaigns of, you know, hey, we reached you know, X amount raised in X amount of time um, or funded in just a couple hours, things like that, that you know, really help with social proof and um, ultimately like, you know, getting more people to convert. Um, I yeah. think the last thing and the third thing that's probably most important, like I said, from building a pre-campaign community before you launch a product is all the learning. Um, that takes place, right? So being able to learn uh, on a macro level, you know, who's interested and why they're interested Uh, and kind of to break that down a little bit more of a micro level, kind of thinking of it from a marketing standpoint, being able to figure out what creatives work best. Is it lifestyle or product-based? You know, is it uh, what messaging angles work best? What audiences, what price point works best for your product? So I think on a really high level, I'd say kind of summarize that as, you know, being able to build a pre-campaign community before you launch is really a core element. And I'd say kind of a catalyst of, you know, product launch success.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, 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 you don't have to divulge all of your secrets, but what are some of the most effective ways to build a pre campaign community?
1: Hmm. Sure. So, you know, what we like to use at NWC Digital, what we find kind of gets the best return on ad spend is Facebook advertisement. So using Mm -hmm. Facebook and Instagram to essentially run a customer journey of someone sees an advertisement, they then come to a landing page to sign up, um, you know, to give their email address where they learn more about the product. And essentially you offer them and say, hey, you know, um, give us your email address now in exchange for an exclusive discount before we launch. And what's great about that is that, you know, a lot of other lead offers maybe that you see for some products are like a free, you know, uh, webinar or um, just some item that doesn't necessarily have purchase intent tied to it. But when you give an email address, um, you know, and it's saying, hey, you're giving this email address to get an exclusive discount. The only way it's really advantageous for the consumers that they actually buy at the end of the day. So yeah. that's kind of the first level of purchase intent. And then kind of what we do in our processing system is then bring them to what we call a VIP page where we actually say to people, hey, if you want to give us uh, you know, say a dollar right now, we can lock you in for the best discount available once the product actually launches. And so, you know, an email is great. That's kind of a hand up, hey, I'm interested. Um, mm-hmm. But if someone's willing to take their credit card out and, you know, give a monetary, uh, you know, commitment, that's a much further kind of, you know, uh, commitment, particularly for a lot of these brands and products that are launching through e-commerce that don't necessarily have that social proof or brand equity yet to carry a purchase conversion. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what I would say in terms of, and that's kind of the system and process that we use in terms of a little bit under the hood. How do we build that community?
0: Yeah, I that's brilliant. Uh, yeah. you know, because who doesn't want a discount? Who doesn't want a coupon code? And I think for someone who's otherwise like, Yeah, I'm really interested in the product, I'm not 100% sure I'm gonna buy it, but I will definitely give you my email address, uh, in exchange for a coupon code. Uh, and then taking them, say, Listen, if you want to save even more, give us a dollar. Um, And what's brilliant about that is because from a consumer standpoint, now it's reduced, it's lowered that wall, right? And so, Mm -hmm. it's much, much easier to do business and do transactions with someone with whom you've already done transactions. You've overcome that fear that, well, it's new, it's different. I've never done a transaction with them before. Well, I already have. I gave them a dollar. So, it's like, well, I did it. Nothing bad happened. The world didn't end. So, okay. (laughs) Uh, you know, I can give them the rest of the dollars. Um, okay, cool. Definitely. So, then, you know, once you've got this big community, um, timing, you know, I would imagine some people come to you and like, um, you know, what is the typical timing like? Like, if we say, well, it's June right now, um, when do you think we could launch successfully? What What would you tell them?
1: Right. Def, yeah. So in terms of kind of timeline, I think it definitely is variant to each client and each product launch, right? There's certain uh, idiosyncrasies to each launch just in terms of, you know, certain manufacturing deadlines and things like yeah. that. So we kind of what we like to say just as an earmark is having about at least, you know, two months to be able to have that pre-campaign community phase before we go live mm. where we build that community we do the learning we validate the purchase intent uh, and then once we go live our typical scope of a campaign on kickstarter indiegogo uh, we recommend 30 days and then after that then we'll have to transition either into something known as indiegogo in demand which is really cool it's essentially uh it, whether you launched on kickstarter or indiegogo uh, essentially your whole page uh, will pretty much be evergreen now on in demand where oh, wow. everything looks exactly the same yep all the backers. Is it, when did um, when did
0: this start? I wasn't even aware of this.
1: Yeah. I, you know, in demand since I've been in the space for say, the last oh, okay. three well, years <laughs> or so. Yeah.
0: So yeah. Yeah, no. much I participate in this.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, No. Yeah, no, no. So, so no, in-demand is amazing and it's a great way for entrepreneurs, enterprises to be able to continue to take pre-orders, essentially keep the party going, if you will, uh, you know, once the campaign ends. So either we do that or or we look to move into more of an e-commerce phase after that. Um, But to answer your original question, yeah, that scope, I'd say would be about two months of pre-campaign and then about a month for the campaign, um, you know, in terms of just a a typical um, scope.
0: Now, what kind of investments do you do you think are like if we look at the gold standard of successful indieGoGo campaigns, what kind of investments do you think that they're making in things like video and you know just assets and content and that sort of thing
1: mm-hmm. right in terms of that you know it's it's definitely a thing where it is you, you do have to pay, you know, <laughs> spend money to make money in a sense. So, you know, in terms of the yeah. higher end videos, I'd say you're probably looking at, you know, at least 10,000 for a video. In terms of ad spend, what we recommend for our clients is anybody looking to raise six figures or more on crowdfunding to earmark at least fifteen to $20,000 in ad spend for budget. Um, when it comes to that, you know, kind of, and what's great about kind of talking about before in terms of building a pre-campaign community before you launch Uh, A really big part of that, once we're doing the validation and learning, is looking, engaging our metrics. And just to kind of give some insight into that, the metrics we look at are our cost per lead, right? How much does it cost to, you know, uh, get someone to give their email address, our email open rate. So we send emails after, you know, how are people engaging with our emails? And then also our cost per acquisition. So, you know, when someone gives us that monetary reservation, what's our cost per acquisition or someone doing that? So looking at those metrics, you know, in the pre-campaign, we can actually we have like a proprietary calculator to be able to determine how much ad spend we actually think we need to spend uh you know to be able to reach whatever that funding goal is um for the client you know with statistical significance so i think in terms of kind of yeah, you talk about numbers um you know it's definitely it can be expensive i think you know anywhere yeah. for a full campaign launch anywhere i'd say from 20 30 you know thirty thousand to to be more um mm-hmm. you know so it is, you know, in terms of the high scale launches and, and, and the effort and, um, you know, the value that's put behind those campaigns. It is, it is high, but also, you know, as we've seen, there's a really high return <laughs> for those investments as well, too. So. Yeah, no kidding. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah. Is there value to um, partnering with uh, either influencers or getting visibility, generating buzz? And if so, what have you seen on that front being most valuable?
1: In terms of yeah, so in terms of influencers and things like that, I think you know they're definitely very beneficial. And I think what I always like to tell clients when it comes to product launch is, and I kind of sound like a broken record because I feel like everything's time back to that original Mm -hmm. pre-campaign stuff. But um, you know, the big thing with influencers and other PR and press and you know, those are very important and um, they definitely do aid a lot, right? In terms of the overall revenue that you see, traction, et cetera. Now, the one caveat to that strategy is the lack of learning, essentially behind that right so you can have an influencer or a press video etc that maybe even you know how much money or revenue it garners but you don't necessarily know the learning behind that in terms of where that came from what messaging angle was exactly behind that and you know so what's great about Facebook and Instagram advertisement and why we like it so much not only because of obviously the most important thing at the end of the day is you know the high return that we see from those you know from that those platforms but also the learning that they're able to provide so that when we set up these campaigns that yes we're making revenue um, you know but we're also also tracking it in a very systematic way so that we can really be able to not only learn and make money, but more so really be able to iterate on our learning moving forward. And that's really a huge part for, I think, any business is being able to know how are you making your money? Um, because if you don't know that, then you can't really scale moving forward. And I think that yeah. it's always kind of thinking about planning ahead so that, hey, we have the success right now and you know that's great, but let's just make sure that we're thinking proactively so that we can continue to keep this thing going and just, you know, keep getting better and be able to iterate on on that learning.
0: Yeah. Do you ever get people that are reaching out to you and they're like, Hey, we just launched our Indiegogo like eight days ago and it's not going really well. Help us. For sure. You're you're, you're (laughs) laughing and smiling and it's, it's, so what, what can you do?
1: Yeah, no. I said that just as I laugh because that does happen, you know, quite frequently. And that is
0: asking us for press all the time. And I'm like, (laughs) it's that you know, you could you could spend all the money in you in the world you want. It's just you know you're. It's just not going to happen. It's really yeah. not. It's it's you'd be wasting your money blasting out a press release. It's it's not going to make your dreams come true. Um, you know our approach to PR again. It's kind of like your validation phase is you should be building those relationships ahead of time. So you know who are you know the the fifty to eighty influencers that you've already invested into a relationship in advance before you make your ask. Right, and what can you do for them in advance? What can you do for the media in advance, so that when you do get closer to that, then it's like, hey, we already have a relationship, you know, and it's just much more likely to be successful. But yeah, it's 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 pretty it's unfortunate from our standpoint, from the, you know kind of the media standpoint. I'm like, you know, we should have been talking like 60 days ago, really. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I totally can to the same sentiment. I. To understand. I think that's kind of why I was laughing too, because I think that when they do come to you at that point, it's kind of, you know, two things. One, it's either you didn't put in that work, like you're saying prior to be able to set yourself up or get ready. Um, And the other times is that sometimes we do see campaigns that have a lot of potential. Um, hmm. you know, so, uh, there's actually a campaign right now that I'm going to be taking on. We just, uh, engaged with, let's say, uh, biotactical drinks, essentially they use a hundred different superfoods to be able to provide you. And there's six different drinks, um, one for memory, ah. one for focus, for sleep. Oh, et I so, like it. You know, yeah. I think Functional, there's a lot of, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, 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 you know, for something like that, I think there's a lot of things that we have there and we've been working to restructure our campaign page in terms of how we're telling a story uh and really you know being able to kind of go through and do a process system of of learning uh you know so that we can then be able to scale so i guess yeah to answer that question there is a lot of people that come and sometimes it's like you know what honestly i just i don't think maybe this project should have launched um or other times there is a lot of potential and you know that those are things that excites me when i see that or you know our team sees that and we're able to say hey you know i think there's actually a lot of value we can provide here just from just looking at this and seeing where we can make some changes, I think you know there's something actually you know that has substance here that could work so it's uh it's interesting but it's also it's you know that's also kind of what makes the job fun too is being able to you know come in and dissect and and just being able to provide value you know where you can so
0: yeah right right um so uh I mean within uh the crowdfunding platform uh, I would imagine there are opportunities to pay for visibility within the platform itself? And and would you say of the paid ad uh, spend during the campaign, is it more valuable to do that on Facebook or within the platform itself? Or can you even do that?
1: So, so in terms of advertisement, yeah, there's not necessarily any native advertisement. I'd say, or I guess, if, if that's the right terminology, or uh, you know, marketing that's actually on the platform that you pay for to oh, really? sort of Indiegogo themselves. Yeah, so there's no like banner placement um, or things like that. Now, there are certain partnerships that you can, I guess, technically pay for with an association with Indiegogo so that they help promote you, um, but it doesn't necessarily work in terms of kind of like, say, like a Google Ads display kind of you know uh, partnership where it's on a click basis and you put your ad ads up and there's ads that are promoted to people. Um, so it doesn't really, yeah. So that's, that's not necessarily an option, um, on the, you know, the sites themselves. Um, so yeah. So, you know, primarily, like I said, you know, we, we really use that Facebook and Instagram advertisement. Um, you know, and one of, the, I would say one of the biggest key differences between Kickstarter and Indiegogo is the ability, uh, to have the Facebook pixel on Indiegogo, whereas Kickstarter mm-hmm. actually doesn't allow for that. Uh, which really? Is, Why? That's just, I wonder Oh, uh, Josh, I could talk to you for an hour <laughs> about uh, <laughs> about about that about trying to answer that question. Um, I think a lot of marketers don't necessarily understand that, uh, as it's just not really advantageous to anybody. Uh, so. Um, you know, that's definitely what I would say. And kind of moving forward, I would think that, you know, Indiegogo has definitely been a platform that a lot of advertisers and agencies have been a lot more bullish on Hmm. in terms of launching, just because having that Facebook pixel gives you the ability to track all your advertisement. And kind of like we've been talking on the whole show, you know, if you're not able to learn, you can't be able to iterate, you know, from your ad dollars that you're spending. So it's almost kind of like, you're just doing marketing blind, you know, it's just, Hey, I don't really know. (laughs) Like, you know, I can't track in terms of conversions or different things like that. So um, that's just a one core fundamental difference between those platforms that really does make a big difference when it comes to, I would say just the return on ad spend, um, you know, that, that, that entrepreneurs really at the end of the day are able to get on their, on their ad dollar. So
0: Mm. now you guys ran uh, so far in 2020, the most successful campaign on indiegogo one million dollars feel like dr evil in 12 hours for the world's sexiest e-bike <laughs> the baby maker <laughs> mm, it is it is <laughs> <laughs> What this like and, and i hate to ask you this in like you know 60 90 seconds but tell me why what i mean i would imagine they just probably just followed everything you did textbook probably had a decent ad spend anything else
1: Yeah. So the baby maker was an unbelievable campaign. And I think that there's a lot of things that go into that. So one, yeah, our process and system that we use, you know, for every product launch and also a lot of different things, you know, the team that we worked with out here, FLX bike, they have an amazing team. Shout out Rob, Mm -hmm. Ben, Axel, everybody on that whole team, um, just amazing people. So they were really able to help, you know, promote through social media, um, different yeah. influencers, YouTube, things like that. So there was a really strong push from the client there. Um, you know, also in terms of, you know, Indiegogo was extremely helpful as well. Really appreciate, shout out everybody at the Indiegogo team, uh, for really promoting us a lot. Like I was talking about before, you know, you can have certain promotions where they'll put us in their email blast, um, you know, on the banner, uh, on the homepage to get more impressions and things. Like that, so that was extremely helpful. Um, I think that also the time of year also kind of actually ended up kind of helping us because people were you know really uh-huh. looking to get outside, right? When this, yeah. this launched, I think we launched it, and I think two days later we were on lockdown because I remember we were gonna have like a team meetup or something like that, uh, just to like deal with a client, you know, and we couldn't because it was <laughs> it was locked down. So uh so it happened right around that time, and it was just it just really took off. You know, we had some messaging around coronavirus, like you know, don't let quarantine turn you into a couch potato. Um, We were really hitting home on that. So we, you know, we were, you know, being able to uh, be tactical with, you know, kind of what was going on in the world. And, you know, overall, and I think one of the most important things for any product launch is it was an amazing product. Um, You know, like really it's, it's, it's a one-of-a-kind bike that's super lightweight. I remember it's so lightweight. During quarantine, I was just doing like bicep curls, you know, using that. I didn't have any other weights. And, um, and you know, it goes up up to 28 miles an hour, super, you know, sleek frame. And wow. really something I don't think that the, you know, the community, the, you know, the bike world, the world has really seen before. So I think it was kind of yeah. that perfect it's beautiful. unicorn, it's beautiful you know, bike. where everything- Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I think it was just kind of that perfect, you know, unicorn of everything kind of worked mm-hmm. together, um, and uh, you know, it was just, uh, yeah, it was just, a, you know, really, really incredible experience. And I'm really happy that well, we were able to, you know, be able to do that for for the founders and also for everyone who's going to be getting their baby maker coming out soon. So
0: yeah, well, over twelve million dollars raised. So Nick Caesar, your website is nwcdigital.com. million in 12 hours raised for the baby maker. And what I like is you can actually click on that and you can view the campaign exactly what we guys did. Uh, That's brilliant. So if you want to see exactly what what they did on Indiegogo, how they did it, um, Nick just kind of shares with you step-by-step kind of what they did. So that was absolutely very cool. Nick Caesar, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Yeah, thanks so much, Josh. I really appreciate you having me on here. It It was great to be here.